What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are now tuned in to episode 30 of the In-Game Grind podcast, the greatest podcast on this clairvoyant plane of existence. And the next, I am your host, Jason. And as always, I am joined by my friend, my homie, uh, resident Spider-Man suit collector, Chris. Tell the people what's going on. Uh, what's going on? Um, don't be out me like that. My suits stay in the closet. <laughs> Bro, um, you... I am trying to find a, uh, a working web suitor, though. Apparently they exist. Uh... Remember in, like, 2002, when they first... Uh, after the first Spider-Man movie came out with Tobey Maguire, and they were yeah. selling the web shooters, where, like, it was shoot... I don't know what the fuck... It was, was... using, like, a silly string. Yeah, it was, like, a silly string shooter, and, like... Yeah, I had one. I... I think every fucking kid ever had one of them shits because I remember I used to go to um, after school care at my old elementary school and a kid brought like two. Uh, he was like dual wielding fucking yeah. webs. He was he was Spider-Man. Like you couldn't tell him shit. He was Spider-Man. He got that shit shut down. Ever like he hit a girl in the eye. She was allergic to one of the chemicals that was in the web. Shoot, it was a whole fucking thing. That that kid, they might he might still be up for bail. I don't know what happened to that guy. Shout out to I'm not gonna say his name. I'm not gonna dox him like that. But because oh, I think he still I think he listens to this podcast low key. So if you do, shout out to you for damn near removing a girl's eye with web string. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to 2002. But anyways, um, oh, no. Welcome to uh, episode. 30 dirty 30 of the in-game grind podcast today normally would be a happy occasion because i'm gonna be honest with you man there's only two things i look forward to in the week and that is like seeing my girl and recording this podcast like it really is i, I really do enjoy getting to sit down and just talk about gaming because uh even with like lockdown and quarantine it feels like mm-hmm even in discord like we just kind of talk about stuff and then move on to something else we don't get to talk about stuff in depth anymore so it uh, it, it's refreshing to get to come here every week yeah no i agree um to do this what what, this is episode 30 like we were we were were joking around when we hit 25 we're hitting we hit our michael jordan episode but now we literally hit 30 30 we hit our steph curry episode yeah it's crazy (laughs) um but no, it's nice to like have all these thoughts that I have just in here when I'm surfing Twitter, able to just be regurgitated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I do enjoy this. Um, I feel like I'm gonna make I'm gonna help make a part of the server. That's just. Uh, do you have rants that you need to talk about about video games? Like it's just gonna be me constantly shitting on Kingdom Hearts and Sonic. Lore. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and, like no one's gonna be in the chat. It's just gonna be me just talking to myself. You, you want like a like just a you know when people like do the thing when they go out in the woods and just scream yeah you want that's, one of those gonna be but me. to rant for gaming yeah and it's gonna be me on a soapbox but it's gonna be soap from Sonic Adventure 2 we just need to sit you out in one of those tables it's like Sonic 06 wasn't that bad changed my mind no and I will debate somebody <laughs> on that like I will really like I'll pull up receipts <laughs> like I don't don't let me do that don't, so, um, don't let me make a YouTube video like that I I have been extremely anxious to record this episode. I've been very excited because when we talked about what we were potentially going to talk about for this episode, you told me that this was potentially going to be the first time that we vehemently log off of this uh, call. Not, not agreeing. agreeing with what we talked about. And I look forward to the discourse, but I do feel like once you hear some of this new information that's come to light, 
You might flip your you might flip your attitude, but but just to give the um the people the heads up what we're talking about, unless you've been absolutely living under a rock, um in the gaming community right now, Super Smash Brothers Melee is basically Nintendo is trying to assassinate any and all traces of the competitive scene for Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, to give you guys, there, there's so much information. I have show notes breaking the fourth wall. I have about, I have paragraphs upon paragraphs of show notes. But um, just to give you guys the, the, the TLDR of the situation. Super Smash Brothers Melee, which came out in what, 2005, six? Dude, don't make me look this up. Because <laughs> I know <sighs> it I, was. Because I know 64 came out in like 96 or 97. 2001. 2001. Right, Brawl no, was like 2001. Yo, that's crazy. Um, so we're recording this on the 24th. And I remember seeing this on Twitter. Um, we're recording this on the 24th. The original release date of Super Smash Bros. Melee was November 21st, 2001. So we actually just had an anniversary. Look here, man. To give you guys a TLDR of what's going on. Uh, the competitive community for Super Smash Bros. Melee is being targeted by Nintendo basically because Nintendo gave... Okay, well, let me start from the beginning. Big House, which is a uh, tournament organizers uh, or tournament organizing group that puts together tournaments, were planning on having a Super Smash Bros. Melee online tournament. Now, Super Smash Bros. Melee is a GameCube game from 2001... So obviously there's no online features. So somebody, uh, I, I don't, I say somebody cause I don't actually know the, the human that made it, but somebody created a emulator with online functionality known as Slippy. That is essentially a modded version of Super Smash Brothers Melee with rollback netcode that allows people to play online. And that's how people have been playing Melee, especially in quarantine, because as you guys know, with everything that's going on in the world, you can't necessarily have in-person tournaments right now. It's just not safe. And Nintendo gave a cease and desist to the big house to basically say, you are not allowed to run this tournament. And everyone is just like, why Why? Uh, you you literally shut down the only way people had to play this game in the worst pandemic that we have seen in a hundred years this look at first it looked like just nintendo being dumb nintendo but like when you think about it in the scope of things it just doesn't make any sense now chris i'm gonna let you go first because when we first brought this up you kind of had the same response as I thought I was going to have until I got a little bit more of the information. So I'm going to let you go first. And I just want to preface this for anybody that's watching this. Um, please watch the whole thing. Go ahead, Chris. I don't care about Melee. <laughs> I can hear the booze. I can hear the crucifix. Like, nail that motherfucker up. <laughs> but I, I hate Melee. I do. Um, the only reason I like Melee is because Ganondorf was introduced. And that's it. Uh, so I've had friends, I've been in groups where they have never let Melee go 
like i've been in front groups where when brawl came out they're like well why aren't you using a gamecube controller and i was like i'm fine with using the wiimote smash bros ultimate comes out why aren't you using a game controller i i like my pro controller i don't like melee so every time someone cancels melee i'm just going oh, well, all right cool fuck them um but yeah so when i heard about um when i heard about nintendo shutting down this melee scene i was just like i thought melee was dead anyway like melee wasn't even allowed at evo anymore uh so i was like all right that's cool um so now that we don't have melee as like a locals tournament locals i think it's dumb but i'm cool with it not being around i hate melee <laughs> thanks for coming to my ted talk um Is that it? please please put your right forks down because i know I'm, I'm i know i'm gonna get like hate mail so i have some un so i'll echo what you said I don't hate Melee, but I don't necessarily have any real, you know, I, I don't really have any love for Melee either. I, I do see it as kind of like an older Smash Brothers game, and to be completely transparent, I didn't really get into Smash Brothers until like Smash 4 on the Wii U. That's when uh, I kind of started to get more into Smash and like the DLC started to interest uh, interest me a little more, especially when Cloud got introduced. But um, the issue here, it doesn't really matter how you feel about Smash in general or Smash Melee, because this isn't a issue of Smash Melee. This is an issue, this is a Nintendo issue. <laughs> when you look at this, when you look at the facts, right? I always with theory craft. Why, why is Nintendo like this? Why, why are they being so arrogant to the fact where you have a 19 year old IP, a 19 year old IP that still has a dedicated player base. It still mm -hmm. has a passionate competitive scene and yeah. there's still money in it. There's still money in it for you and you choose to look the other way. Not only look the other way, but discourage people from getting into it and discourage people from playing it. And I used to be among the people of, it's melee, it doesn't really matter, just play the new one, right? Yeah. And then it hit me, right? I love Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. I fell in love with that, it's like Marvel, like uh, Street Fighter versus Marvel uh, superheroes or X-Men versus Street Fighter. All that was great. Children of the Atom. All that was great. But I fell in love with that series at Marvel versus Capcom 2. Let me take you for a ride. But all that, saying, all that being said, Marvel versus Capcom 3 is an amazing game. Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 is an amazing game. But when those games came out, there was no line drawn in the sand that basically said, okay, you have two and you have three. You need to decide which one you're going to play. A new game coming out did not completely segment the player base into two different communities. Because in Smash, the ultimate community is not the melee community. It is not interchangeable. For a lot of people in a lot of different fighting games, it's interchangeable. And even if it's not, like somebody not really liking a certain uh, a certain title 
does not mean they'll completely just demean it and just completely rebuke it. There are people who played Street Fighter Third Strike, went to four, enjoyed four, and didn't like five. That doesn't mean they're only gonna play Third Strike. It doesn't mean they're only gonna play four. And it doesn't mean that they're gonna like deter people from playing five. Smash is the only, yeah, Smash is the only series I know where every single different game has a different player base with different mindsets and needs. All that being said, from Nintendo's standpoint, right? Yeah. If you have two great games from the same franchise, you should be able to play, watch, and enjoy both of those games for what they are and be able to differentiate them yet not let those differences keep you from enjoying either of the games separately. Okay. Right? Yeah, I agree. So that being said, the Melee community deserves better. I don't care how annoying or off-putting the Melee community is. Because let's be honest, they can be snobs sometimes. They are. They really, they really Sometimes they can be snobs. But what Nintendo's doing to Melee right now is absolutely disgusting especially in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, they really are just trying to take it out to the back and shoot it. But it keeps like, they keep missing. <laughs> like, okay, so I, we all had some theories on why Nintendo had such an issue with Slippy. Um, the, number, the number one that I would think of is Nintendo hates it when you emulate their shit. Here's the thing, though. Nintendo can feel however they want to feel. Emulation under law, in America at least. Emulation is legal if you own an original copy of the game. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an example. I emulate Pokemon Emerald on my phone. Ninten own, yeah. Nintendo can't do anything to me because I own Pokemon Emerald. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So legally, I'm, you know, I'm I'm exempt. <laughs> they can't do anything to it, me. It, it, it's essentially like you plugged uh, Emerald into a USB, took all of its files, and put it on your phone. Exactly. Yeah. However, and for those of you that are only audio, I just held up a copy of you know, Emerald, but whatever. It's just to prove a point. I have more props for the future because I'm going to make a point. So emulation was not the issue. I think what they had an issue was with it was it being a modded version of the game that allowed mm -hmm. for online capability. Yeah, and Melee was not meant for online. Nintendo it, it what, was not. No, here's the thing. It wasn't made for online, but the mod was. The mod yeah. had rollback netcode. It's 2020. We are coming off the year where Evo was canceled because we went from, okay, there's going to be Evo. Okay, the COVID hit. Now we can't have Evo. Hold on. We can have Evo, but let's have it online. Never mind. We can't do Evo online because half of these games have terrible netcode because it's something that these game developers have been ignoring forever and we've been able to cover it up because for for decades, the optimal way to play a fighting game has been peer-to-peer -peer in the same room. Yep. And now when it mattered most and your netcode was the only thing that would make your game playable, 
so many games had to back out of Evo because uh, you can't play our game online. That's why, you know, no matter what you think of the games, we have to champion games like Mortal Kombat, Them's Fighting Herds, and all these other, Tekken, all these other games that prioritize netplay. Man, like, <laughs> rollback netcode is like the avatar of, uh, <laughs> it's like the avatar of fighting games. But I say that to say this, right? A lot of people say, okay, it doesn't have netcode. You can still just play Ultimate. Ultimate's on the Switch. Ultimate has online. Look, man, I enjoy Smash Ultimate. I really do. My favorite Smash. I'm going to put it out there. But I'm going to tell you this. Dragon Ball Fighters is a relatively new Dragon Ball game. If I want to play it on PC, I'll just play it online with my friends. If I want to play it on console, I can play it online with my friends. However, if I want to play Dragon Ball Z Sagas for the GameCube, it's not on Steam. I can't play this on a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. The only way I could have to play this is peer-to-peer. And if we can't play together, because this is up to four players, two players, <laughs> I was I was thinking about a different Dragon Ball game. This is I was thinking about Xenoverse, but uh, it's only up to two players. So if I wanted to play with Chris, Chris can't come over here and play. I mean, you could, but like, you know, you really shouldn't in the yeah. current climate, especially with us being in Texas. But, you know, um, well, I say it like because <laughs> we in Texas. <laughs> but any, but anyways, if we if you and me wanted to play this game together, we would need to download a emulator for the GameCube that would allow us to use online play and would have yep. servers to be able to do it because that's the only way you could do it. And I use this as an example because I don't have a copy of Melee, but for Melee, it is the exact same thing. It's a GameCube game that suffers from the exact same issue. But here's another thing. Rollback netcode and the need for it and Melee on Slippy having it highlighted an issue that we've had with Nintendo for a while. And I feel like the success of Slippy during the quarantine really did highlight one of the biggest weaknesses with Smash Ultimate and Nintendo in general. And we've talked about it a million times. Their weak online infrastructure. Yeah. Xbox, PlayStation, PC, all of these platforms have decent online functionality. The Switch does not. It, yeah. it really should be baffling that you can buy a console in 2020 that does not have an integrated Ethernet port in it. Yeah. Like that's it, it, it doesn't make sense. Every single Smash update, Sakurai tells people buy an adapter. Buy an Ethernet adapter to play this game. So you realize that the quality of the gameplay consists upon the quality of the netcode, and you realize that the netcode improves dramatically. When you're connected through Ethernet port and you're hardwired and your system is hardwired, rather playing over Wi-Fi. Yet the Switch has no Wi-Fi port. Ethernet port. Ethernet port. It is baffling to me, especially when you look at games like Tekken. They constantly improve their rollback and they also now have it. 
<laughs> they have it to where you can decline people that are on Wi-Fi. Well, they, they have it to show that yeah. someone is either hardwired or on Wi-Fi, and people who are playing the game on Wi-Fi are saying it's impossible to find a match. It's not impossible to find a match. It's just, just possible for you to find an Ethernet cable to get hardwired. Because it doesn't. if you're on PC, you should have been hardwired anyway. If you're on a console, you can get hardwired. It's not like they're trying to lock you out of playing the game. They're trying to tell you that the integrity of the game consists upon the consistency of the gameplay online. And for you to have a good experience there. Hardwire. Hardwire. But what I will say is. The Wii U had an Ethernet port. Did it? It did. You know, I have a Wii right here and I, I can't pull it out because there's stuff on top of it. But did the Wii have an Ethernet port? I know the Wii U had an Ethernet port because it was orange. Um, I believe I'm, the Wii had one and it was yellow. I believe I could be I, I could be a shot in the dark, but I feel like I remember that. But um, I say all that to say this: we always talk about how Nintendo has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to first party uh first party IPs, like literally go down the line, Mario. Yeah. Yoshi, Smash, Kirby, uh, Metroid, Star Fox, uh, Mother, uh, Animal Crossing. Like, it, you can go forever. You really can. And the fact that you have a game that for 19 years people have been passionate about that you refuse to support when some development companies tell us that we're going to be playing their game for 10 years. And we get Destiny. bored after three months. You know what I'm saying? Destiny. Destiny. Anthem. We're looking at you. Buddy. Godfall. All you looter shooter, looter slasher, motherfucker. Like 19 years, bro. And you refuse to actually support it. It's and it's only Nintendo. Like I asked you this when we had this conversation the first time, but can you name a single Sony first party uh, title that was successful that they don't still try to appeal to to this day or Microsoft uh, can't we can't say God of War that's 19 years old still support that or uh, no it's 15 years old Halo gra Halo. Gravity Rush Gravity Rush got a sequel for the PS4 um, but since then they've gotten nothing and it's very sad because it was a PS Vita exclusive. Then it got ported to the PS4 and it made so much money because it was such a good game. Now, I mean, from like the early 2000s. Oh, um... Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, God of War came out 15 years ago. Sony is still supporting it. Halo came out 19 years ago. Microsoft is still supporting it. I can't tell, but... Um... <laughs> Um, that's just a personal thing. Uh, the Wii did not have an Ethernet port, but it did have Ethernet adapters. Um, the Wii U. What? I could have sworn it had an Ethernet port. It wouldn't surprise me if it didn't. But I could have sworn it did, but I guess they wouldn't have come out with the, like, Nintendo brand ethernet ports otherwise because i remember the wii u had like two usb ports on the back excuse me on the back man i could have sworn maybe you know what i might be thinking of the sensor bar mm, yeah the sensor bar port was orange so but I, yeah i want to tell you about the uh, today is november 24th 
Yep. On this day, a person by the on the Twitter account Anonymous Smasher, who made that name for a very obvious reason once we get into it, came out with some information about why Nintendo is trying to stifle any sense of competitive Smash. And this is and the reason I was wanted to uh, I wanted you to be blind on this when you reacted to it, it's not just melee. This is 64 Melee Brawl 4 and Ultimate. And uh, basically, he released a twit longer on Twitter. He added every single person that in any way, shape, or form has any relevance or any shade of a platform in Smash. And uh, it was a very long twit longer, and I cannot read it all because it will take up this entire episode. We won't have time to put our uh, thoughts behind it but I did take time out to read the whole thing and basically pick out the juicy bits and we're going to react to them so first of all uh, the reason he released Twit Longer was to basically talk about how Nintendo had tried to derail the Smash community from growing uh, a competitive scene beyond the grassroots level and uh, the first big thing he revealed was Nintendo refused to work with major esports organizations who wanted to bring Smash to a bigger stage, such as ESL, which is the esports league, uh, uh, HTC, which is a technology company, they make phones and such, and E-League, who is one of the biggest ones, because if you're not, um, if you're not familiar with E-League, they are responsible for bringing things like uh, CSGO or Counter-Strike Global Offensive and Street Fighter to ESPN. So in the last couple of years, when you've been able to tune into ESPN and you've seen Apex Legends tournaments, you've seen League of Legends tournaments or Heroes of the Storm tournaments and things of that such, that's their doing. Damn, that's their doing. That. Exactly. That's their doing to try and bring these games to a bigger platform to reach a bigger audience. So that's number one. Nintendo just straight up said we don't want to. MLG, who if you don't know is Major League Gaming, another big yeah, esports uh, organization, who is another esports organization, ran an event in 2015 with Melee and Smash 4, but did not continue because Nintendo wanted a $50,000 license fee per event over double the amount of games like Street Fighter 4. So if you do the math, you have... <laughs> Let's, a lot of money. So let's just say if you had a Smash 4 tournament, a Smash 4 doubles tournament, a, Sma a Melee tournament, and a Melee doubles tournament, you would have needed to pay Nintendo $200,000 for each, uh, $200,000 to run all those four events. And as you know, in Smash, there's other things too. There's combo contests and things of that sort. You can't do that because that's 50 racks to Nintendo every time you want. And it does not stop there. MLG also noted that Nintendo denied them the rights to stream Brawl in 2010 and blocked the U.S. from viewing portions of the Smash events in 2016. Blocked people in the U.S. from seeing Smash events. In 2013, Melee was pretty much all but dead until the Smash documentary came out, highlighting how big and impactful the Melee community was, and that was 2013, also the year that Melee made its triumphant return back to Evo, which basically was the um, was basically the shot, the shot in the arm that, uh, well, not the shot in the arm, it was basically the wake-me-up that the Melee community needed 
to basically regain their relevance. And they've kind of been riding that wave ever since. And I say wave, but it's been kind of, you know, up and down, up and down since then. It's been a bit choppy because uh, the Smash community is not without its drama. No, that's true. But look, there's also, we're getting through all of Nintendo's allegations. We'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> yeah. um, here's the biggest one. Red Bull, the company Red Bull, the energy drink, Twitch, which we all know Twitch, and Nintendo were in talks to start a legit major circuit for Melee in Smash 4. Twitch was willing to front the cost, the complete cost of the event, which would have covered millions of dollars per year. Not only were they willing to front the cost, they would have allowed Nintendo to own the league brand despite having no financial contribution. That's crazy. And you know what Nintendo did? Nah. Nintendo pulled out of it because Smash Ultimate was upon release and they felt like with Smash Ultimate coming out, there would be no need for the league anymore. Why would you just not integrate Ultimate into that league? You could have just made it three different games. Imagine, well, there'd be, well there's no reason to play Smash 4 anymore. But Melee, you could have put Brawl in 64. Dog, you have imagine a billion dollar company having another billion dollar company 100% fund something you want to do and give you all the credit for it and you say no the only possible thing you could do the only possible thing you could do is profit from little to no effort whatsoever and you turn it down nah I'm good fam that doesn't make any sense that makes no sense whatsoever. No sense. One of the last thing. I'm gonna let you speak to this a little bit because I'm a little. I don't. I don't. I know. I know about it, but I don't know a ton about it. Can you explain okay. to me and just the viewers what is Project M? Oh. Oh man, Project M. This is the only. Okay. I said I hated melee. I will asterisk that with Project M. Project M was the love child of Melee fans and the want to make Brawl better. Uh, Project M was, forget the guy's name, but it was basically him and like a very, very small team, or it was just him, I'm not sure. But it was essentially a Brawl mod that you could load up on an SD card, put it in the Wii, load Brawl, load the game, and it would rewrite the game essentially and make it better. Right. Um, but it made it sim it made the brawl game similar to melee. Um, so everything was was a bit cleaner. Um, combos were a bit easier to do. Um, there was no slipping and tripping, which was a mechanic only brawl had. And they took it out because they realized how dumb it was. There was like a zero point zero one percent chance that you could try and quick turn in an opposite direction and you would slip and fall and it would cause combos to be dropped punishments like it was it was just bad no one liked it but one of the other things was that it added characters to the game that were fan favorites or other people requested essentially um and you would get cool skins for like uh characters that were from their entire legacies um and it wouldn't just be palette swaps. 
they would be legit time put in like there was a knuckles uh character added gino was added at one point i think um peach had multiple different costumes that weren't just palette swaps um but there but it was a, it was a it was a love project it was a passion project i should say there was nothing but uproar from the community to keep this thing going because it brought life into brawl which a lot of people did not like especially coming off the rails of melee now let me ask you this what happened to project m Oof. they got hit with the biggest cease and desist not true really not true I asked, do you remember the tournament Apex in 2014? That was supposed to be the biggest Project M tournament ever, where they had like the biggest pool of players for Project M. Yeah. They scrapped Project M from that tournament because they believed that Nintendo hit them with a cease and desist. According to this, according to this person who who has already gone the rails and said they are only going off of what they've been told from officials at these companies and some of the bigger smash players like Hungrybox have already confirmed like he's sponsored by red bull he has confirmed some of these things that's going on with red bull and smash he's confirmed some of these things so there these are some pretty credible sources he has and a lot of credible sources are signing off on these what yeah. happened at Apex 2014, Nintendo told tournament organizers at Apex 2014, the reason that we don't support Smash is because you support stuff like Project M. They did not hit them with a cease and desist. The tournament organizers under their own decision pulled Project M from that tournament and stopped supporting it because they thought that this was going to be a legitimate chance to have Nintendo extend an olive branch to the community. And they were like, if they just don't like us playing modded games, we won't play modded games. We'll just stop and Nintendo will work with us, right? They stopped it. And they never did. No, they stopped it. No, but, they, but Nintendo, oh, Nintendo never worked no, with them. never did. Never did. They shut down that whole tournament, anything Project M related at that tournament, hoping that this would be a show of good faith to Nintendo that we are willing to work with you and play by your rules and within your parameters if it means that we get to have an actual working relationship. And Nintendo said, ah, nah. Man, and mm. that's what happened to Project M. And I would like to, um, I took a screenshot and I'm going to read a little bit of it. Uh, the, the ending part of this guy. I think after the podcast, you actually go and read this whole thing. It's, it's pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie, but, um, a lot of people, it, it makes you wonder, right? If Nintendo was so against competitive smash in a high level esports, you could just completely shut it down and be done with it. Why are you toying with them? You could, you know, and this is a quote from anonymous smasher at the end, his, uh, twit longer. And I'll have you respond to this. Uh, Nintendo knows there is a benefit in keeping the scene hopeful while never shutting us down completely. Think about it. If Nintendo really had such a problem with Smash Esports, they could shut it down. Likewise, if Nintendo really wanted us to succeed, they could just apply their incredible resources to make it happen. I have some thoughts on why we get neither outcome and why Nintendo remains conveniently uncommitted to either scenario. Shutting us down completely would be very bad publicity. At this point, we as a community have enough of a voice to influence the actions of major corporations, including Nintendo, 
It's a marvel of the internet. They famously reversed their reprehensible decision to shut down Melee's stream at EVO 2013 after we raised close to $100,000 to fight breast cancer. We caused a ruckus on the internet, and five hours later, we were back on stream at EVO. The effects of that moment ring out today. We were way bigger now, and we know how loud our voices are. Perhaps, um... Perhaps that is exactly how they only dip their toes and pretend to help the scene. Maybe they don't want to help us grow and get louder. Maybe they don't want to spread money into the esports thing. Maybe they think competitive Smash differs from their vision for the game. Fine. However, with all that may be true, they simultaneously do want our voices give them marketing. A whole lot yeah. of free marketing. If this makes sense, then I think about it. Uh, it makes sense when I think about it. They always, they're always feigning support, never really providing it, never really stopping us either. And before we recorded, I wanted to see how many of the professional Smash players I could get to react to this, or how many of their reactions I could uh, watch. And the only one I could really finish was Hungrybox. Hungrybox had the most accurate analogy for this. He said, it's like pushing a shopping cart. When you're done and you're in the parking lot, you could leave it in the street and just go about your business. There is no legal ramifications for it. However, if you push it and put it in the return cart to make the job easier for the employees, you don't get credited for that either. That's how Nintendo sees the Smash community. It does not, it, it, it won't really benefit them. They won't, they don't see any benefit from pushing it but it also doesn't really hurt them to leave it alone. So they kind of just leave it floating in limbo. Because like they said, anything else Nintendo has had a problem with, they have 100% shut it down. Yeah. When they were, when they didn't like people emulating Mario games, they shut that shit down. <laughs> and then dropped a 3D collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. They they hit a couple who was making a dime on this with a like what was it, $10 million? It was some it was some arbitrarily large amount of money for a lawsuit to basically say you're either gonna pay us this much money or you're gonna stop emulating our games, and then we get 3D All-Stars collection. But with Smash, if you have such a problem with Project M and you have such a problem with Slippy, you could easily do the same thing. But you don't want to because, like my man said in his tweet, you realize that this helps you. Bad publicity. Exactly. If you shut it down, it's bad publicity. And it, but if you don't, you're still gonna get popularity off of it. People are still gonna get invested in the game, and you don't have to look like a dick. So that's, what? So what? That's I, really weird. It's so. That's weird. Really, really fucking weird. Like, like, uh, look, I, like I said, I don't really have a thing for the for the melee community, but it again, it doesn't hurt me when they're still alive and well. Um, people are gonna play what they want to play, and I I want everyone to enjoy the game that they're playing. But that is that is weird. I do want to point out another thing that um, my man put in the Twitter. He was saying that at tournaments. You know, you usually, well, no, usually, whenever you stream a tournament or you have a tournament based around a certain game, you have to pay the developer of that game. Nintendo 
would go to when when these tournaments would reach out and say can we have a smash tournament nintendo would require them to pay them however when they would go to exposés where you know they set up the booths to people to play new games they didn't charge people for splatoon they didn't charge people for arms they didn't charge people for poking and poking splatoon and arms have gotten more support as trying to push it as an esports product than smash ever has yet smash yeah. is at evo and combo breaker and all these uh, wednesday night fights and all these other major tournaments and uh hungry box also brought up if you watch the reveal trailer for the switch how does it end at an esports stadium with two teams playing Splatoon. That's true. With all of them docking their switches and getting ready to play a game of Splatoon. Yeah. So it's very obvious that Nintendo is more than willing to support the competitive scenes of the games that can't seem to stand on their own two feet when it comes to competitive play. But with a game like Smash Brothers, they don't want that. And I think that's the biggest if I have with this. Like, why are you so scared of Smash being thriving. playing? Yeah, why why are you scared for the competitive Smash scene to thrive? Like, and let's let's look, you know what? It's I already know what's the elephant in the room, so let's just talk about it. The exodus of all the pedophiles in the Smash community. When that whole shit popped off, did they lose a lot of people? Yes let's keep it a stack a lot of people's argument were but they weren't in melee they were in smash ultimate we've already we have already deduced they don't care what smash it is nintendo does not jive with the idea of competitive smash brothers they just don't they don't they don't care what version what game what iteration they do not care they don't want it they don't want it if it's platoon fine if it's poking fine if it's arms go crazy smash no and to be fair your company you made it your intellectual property your legal rights you have every right to do all the shit you're doing but it's kind of a nirvana effect right yeah like nirvana made their music hating how popular music sounded and became popular music and then <laughs> became less fond of their sound. So maybe this is a um, this is a situation where Nintendo they made their game to be a fun interactive family game. But it just so happens to be pretty cool when it's played in a competitive space as well. But they don't want it played that way. Like you can't you can't it's really it's really hard for them to do that when you got Sakurai going. I just put Terry Bogart in the game. Look at all these combos you can do. He's literally a fighting game character. Look at Ryu. Look at Ken. They're fighting game characters. You have a Hayachi me. Like like you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say, "Oh, I don't want it to be uh I don't want it to be a competitive game." Then don't give it a competitive app. Uh, like don't give it a competitive nature. Don't give it. Don't give it an arcade mode. Don't give it a tournament mode where you can play online in a tournament style with people around the world. 
in the game. Every time we talk about games like Destiny and Anthem and any basically any game that makes a declaration of, oh, you'll be playing this game for 10 years. We always say, you, nobody makes a game with the intention of it being played for a certain amount of time. Games that are played for decades are played for decades because they're fun. Every time I had to make bring an example of that, Smash Melee was my mm -hmm. example. Because in 2001, I guarantee you, they were not expecting people to give a damn about this game in 2020. No. That's, that's almost 20 years of people declaring this the end-all be-all. No game will amount to this. I'm only going to play this style of game. And people, and this takes nothing away from Ultimate. Ultimate's a fantastic game with a lot of work put into it. But somebody can enjoy Ultimate and still go back and play Melee the same way we could like fighters and still go back to Dragon Ball Z Sagas. The same way somebody could like Sword and Shield but prefer Emerald. The same way somebody could enjoy Marvel Infinite but still prefer Marvel 2. There's no rule that says there's no expiration date on the game. There's no expiration date on how much fun you have versus in one experience versus another. So it confuses me when Nintendo is basically just throwing away free money, free publicity. And honestly, they're just being vague about it. They're, yeah. just, they're just acting aloof about it. Like, why do you keep pulling all these legal actions and these weird moves? Why don't you just come out and make a statement? I would almost be okay with this if Nintendo just came out and said, look, we did not make Smash to be a competitive fighting game. If you want to have tournaments for it, that's fine, but we're not funding it. We're not promoting it. We'll let you have them, but that's on you. I think that'd be fair. <laughs> I can see tournaments now, like, and they go, bet. And, <laughs> and, and it's like, I was thinking about, like, how do you fix this, right? Like, how do you bridge the gap? How do you compromise? What would make both sides happy? Well, here's the crazy thing. It's not us. It's no. Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. Nintendo, it, literally, all they have, like, we're, we're, we're ready to extend. We, we've built the bridge. We'll, we'll take care of the networking. We'll take care of the venue. The players are ready. But it's... It's a want to. It's a want to and from the, Nintendo. The funny thing, if Nintendo literally could just change their mind and be like, you know what? We will support Melee. What we're going to do is we'll let you have your tournaments, but in the meantime, what we're going to do is you, whoever made Slippy, we're going to hire that person and we're going to have them work on a team with us to basically put out a collection that has Smash Brawl or is going to have Brawl 64 and, 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 Melee. and Melee. And for Brawl, we're going to implement 
and we're gonna implement some of the features that you guys like in Project M and take out some of the ones you didn't like. We're gonna put out a Smash Brothers Legendary Collection. It'll have, and we'll we'll do a limited copy, a limited run of physical copies, but for download, you can get it whenever. You can get the game separate or you can get them all together for 60. You can get Melee for 60, 64 for, or Melee for 20, uh, 64 for 20, and Brawl for 20, or you can get them all three for 60, or you could get the $60 physical that comes with all three of them. All of them will have online capabilities. All of them will have rollback net code that we got from Slippy working with that team. You'd be a champion. You'd be the, you'd be the, you'd be the, you'd be the kid in the room again. You'd be the favorite. But no. You're not, we're not ready for that. What did we uh we talked about this? Uh, Maximilian talked about this. I don't know if you were there when we watched that video. Uh, Mope showed me a video of Maximilian basically explaining why a lot of the Japanese game development companies do a lot of the kooky shit that they do. Uh, you know, you've been to Japan. You know that there's a lot of weird customs in Japan that are predicated on etiquette that just really don't translate over here. For example, if you break your, your when you break your chopsticks, you're supposed to break them up and down, not side to side to avoid from bumping into somebody on the sides of you, right? And it seems like common sense, but the other hand, it's like it's not a, that big of a fucking deal. So you have these societal type of unwritten rules. When they're broken in Japan, it's like you actually broke a fucking law. But in America, it's like, you know, you're supposed to cover your mouth when you sneeze, but if you don't, it's not like everyone's going to shun you. I mean, they will for a few seconds, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but like, no, they're going to talk to you again. Like you'll be able to still get married and have a good life afterwards. <laughs> you like, you're not going to be written off, but, um, in Japan, they have this mindset where they do not like to use any ideas or software or implement things into their games. That was not come up with inside of that circle. And to an extent, that's fair. It's, you know, you don't want to use other people's ideas to fund your own, but... To a detriment, it, though? And, that, like, that's what I mean. It's, like, it's one thing to be like, oh, well, we don't want to use that for our own personal gain. It's like, look... That's how you fix it. That's, like, the home, that's like homeboy who fixed uh, Street Fighter's Fighter netcode. If he just, like, sent the email off. He's like, hey... There you go. You gotta hire him. Send him a bag. Here's 150k. That's it. One time. You you saved us. You saved us the headache. Here's 150k. You changed the one to zero. Fix the netcode problem. Implemented and updated it to all of our games. Here's a bag. We live in an age where failures of games get a second chance in life because you get to go back to the drawing board. Go ask Yoshida over at Square Enix if he didn't take the the opinions and the suggestions of people from the who played the original Final Fantasy fourteen for the first expansion that basically turned it from the biggest failure in Square Enix's recent history to the greatest success in Square Enix's recent history. <laughs> to have it be the number two and probably MMO. MMO in the world behind only World of Warcraft, and that's pretty good company to be in. If you're talking about the best MMOs ever, I, yeah. I, I just don't understand that mentality of you would rather suffer and look like an incompetent company than take 
help and extend an olive branch to somebody who loves your games, loves your and company, wants and wants to help. And if you don't want it to come from the inside, hire them. <laughs> that way it's in the inside. <laughs> Fly his ass to Tokyo and fucking hire him. <laughs> Except that damn hard. Like, it really... It fucking frustrates me. And this is what, like, I've been, I've, I've been cool this whole time because I've been, like, reading facts. I've had to be articulate. Fuck articulate, bro. Like, this is, like, this is Jason talking now. It pisses me off because we've already done an episode talking about how you need to realize that companies are companies, not your fucking friend, not your, like, not, not your neighborhood buddy when you were growing up. They are companies. But that being said, it's easy to say that for Sony. It's easy to say that for Microsoft. It's really fucking hard to say that for Nintendo. Especially as an only child, where it's like, ever since I was old enough to even comprehend how important gaming was to me, I have owned every single Nintendo console and handheld. From GameCube all the way to Switch, had them all. From, hell, from Game Boy Advance all the way to Switch, had them all. All of them. All of them. All of them. And... To think that the company that you knew as just being an amazing company that made amazing games. It's almost, as you got older. Yeah, as you got it's almost like when you get older and you have that one family member that's just always been cool to you and you just think they're cool. And then you grow up and you get a little you get old enough to be in grown folks' business and you realize that that person wasn't as cool as you thought they were. It was only cool to you when you was younger. Exactly. You fit you you get to you get to start smelling a little bit of that dirty laundry that's going on and all of a sudden everything ain't sunshine and rainbows anymore. That's what it feels like with Nintendo. It feels like the the company, the amazing company that made amazing games is totally turning into the shitty company that makes amazing games and makes terrible decisions regarding said amazing games. You ever either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. And goddamn it looks like they're becoming the villain. And I fucking hate it. I hate it because I can't sit here and tell you that I don't I can't sit here and tell you that I don't have a fond spot for Nintendo. I can't sit here with, you know, I, I can pull out my Game Boy Advance. I can pull out my SP. I can pull out my Wii. I don't have my GameCube or my Wii U anymore. I can pull out my Switch. I can pull out, you know, I, I can pull out the row of GameCube games. I can pull out the row of DS and Switch games and all of this. And I can show you how much money over the years that I have invested and my parents have invested and my family has invested into this company. And I understand that it is a company, but at the same time, like, God damn, like, how can you do this? How can you do this? Like, how do you look at people who supported you when they were kids, who now have support kids, you support you as an adult, who then raise kids to love that same shit that they loved, and you just make these type of decisions? Like, I don't understand it. I can't. I cannot comprehend how that shit works. I literally can't. And it pisses me off because I don't see an end to it. I don't see an end to it. I, I literally see it as if they, we talk about it all the time. All the goddamn time. What do I always say? When Nintendo is fucking up financially. When they're fucking up financially. They have no yeah. issue. They have no issue rolling out the big wigs. Bowing. Saying they're sorry. Saying that no one's going to get fired. No one's losing their job. No one. Everyone who's going to feed their family will take yeah. the pay cut. Mm -hmm. we'll take the heat we're gonna make everything better and earn your trust back when they're doing bad financially they have no problem doing that but when they're succeeding they act like their shit does not stink and it's annoying yeah 
the Smash community, and when I say the Smash community, the Ultimate community, the Melee community, the Brawl community, the Project M community, the 64 community, they all deserve better. Smash deserves better. All those, all those people that got banned on Twitch for streaming Hyrule Warriors, even though they got it from the eShop because it went up in some places where it shouldn't have, deserve better. All those creators that got dropped from Nintendo's ambassador program for no reason deserve better. Nintendo fans deserve deserve better. Don't let Nintendo pimp you. I have... I have struggled with the idea... of boycotting Nintendo because there are a lot of people online that are talking about it and it's one of those things because you know talking with when it comes to a corporation like Nintendo talking with your wallet is honestly the only way it'll work and it pains me to say that I don't think they got it in them that when it came to the Pokemon community I knew they were a lost cause Pokemon's gonna make that bag no matter what because it, they say it every year, comes out with a new show. New no, game. no, 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 no. That's fine. Those are gonna make those are gonna make bank anyway. I'm talking about no, specifically the game. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's they already got us. It's not for us. It's for the next generation. Exactly. And and we talked about it in 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 the episode about Pokemon. We have power in our wallets. And even if we stopped buying it. The, That's only the, one second. All the kids that want it, their parents will still buy it. Yep. And for Smash, it's kind of the same way. They don't care about people boycotting the game from a competitive aspect because the people that want the game from a family aspect are still going to buy it. Yeah. And all this being said, all this like revolt around the Smash Brothers community, it's sad to say it's November 24th and we heated. November 25th, if they drop a Smash Direct. I'm gonna be up and drop a ca- and, and they drop somebody like Gino or Sora or Dante. Y'all will be right back at it. Yeah, screaming, hooting, hollering. Upset, my character didn't make the game. You can't return the battle pass you already bought. I can't. Nintendo as a lifelong fan I am genuinely disappointed disgusted and absolutely floored by some of the decisions that you have made not only in the last couple of days but the last couple of years in general I, I, I had a gut feeling that ever since the emulator situation of like when they took remember cool ROMs when they absolutely took down like cool ROMs and basically anywhere you could get ROMs online, when they when all that went to shit, I knew it was, knew was going I, I, I knew it was game over from them. Bro, I remember. You know, it's funny and it's funny because we were talking about it when that came out. Nintendo ROMs about to be its own form of currency. Yeah, I do remember us having that conversation. <laughs> I told you I'd like found an old flash drive that had like uh, DBZ Legacy of Goku, 
uh, had like a Pokemon game and like some Metroid games on there, and you're just like, you might want to hold on to those copies because uh, that might be some real money in the future. I don't know, man. Feels bad. And it's bad because there's nothing we can really do. Like we can, we can, we can shout from the rooftops. We can stop paying them. We can stop supporting it. But they are Nintendo is one of those companies that has their roots so deep. You can cut off one root, and there's still seven roots that are going to get that nourishment. I will say this though, I don't. I forget. I'm so sorry. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he had a brilliant idea. He was going to run a tournament on Twitch on Slippy, knowing that Nintendo would try to take it down. But you know what the grand prize is? Hmm. Ten thousand dollars to the charity of your donation. Dang! And if you take away my man's, my man's in the twit longer literally said that if they shut it down completely, it'll be a it'll be a publicity nightmare. If Nintendo, it is a lose lose for Nintendo because if yep. they don't shut it down, it'll show that it's not a big deal, and you're basically proving how much good the, the melee community can do. They've already raised a hundred k for cancer. They've already done amazing things in the community. Now, regardless of how you feel about the game of the people, they've done amazing things. Yeah. If you shut down a tournament that could have turned into ten thousand dollars for a charity, especially in a time of a fucking worst pandemic in a century, if that ten thousand dollars could have went to fucking COVID relief, and you shut that down, that's gonna look so bad. And if you don't shut it down, then you realize you were wrong. And even if you don't, it'll make everybody else realize that you were bugging. Straight bugging. You got anything else to say on this one, man? I can't wait till the next episode when we talk about something happier. Yeah, next episode we're gonna do the game awards. Oh shit! Yeah, we're 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 gonna go through. Uh, we'll go through all the nominations and we'll we'll talk about our nominations and then we'll uh, we'll 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 nominate the people we the games we feel should have been nominated. Because, you know, a lot of the games that we played were not uh, represented, but a lot of them were. But yeah, I'm just, I'm. Dude, it, like, it sucks that we had to use our 30th episode to fucking. To dog one of the biggest companies. Have you ever, you ever, you know, have you ever you seen know what? the. Uh, it is a 30 30, though. <laughs> we had to get down and dirty for this one. Have you ever seen the, the movie Harlem Nights? I feel like I have. It's it's where the meme where the guy you know where the guy is crying and he's holding the gun like this. Like yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, how yeah. I feel anytime Nintendo does some fuck shit. It's like I love you, but I have to call you out on your bullshit. It always makes me feel the little white kid that's holding the gun on the beach, <laughs> where he's like, I gotta do it, and then like the next scene, he's just crying because he did it. <laughs> Look, man, I, I I'm gonna end the podcast off with this, man. I don't care what it is. If you stand up for something or fall for anything. If you feel like something is wrong, speak up and speak out. I don't care how insignificant you feel like your voice is. One voice is way more impactful than no voices. Yeah. The Smash community deserves better. The Melee community deserves better. The Ultimate community deserves better. 64, Brawl, and Project M deserve better. The fans fans deserve deserve better. better. 
the customers deserve better. And Nintendo, you are better than this. Fix your shit. Anyways. Was that a Martin Luther King quote? No, that was just me freestyling. No, um, the the stand for anything fall for no it's like you stand for something and you fall for anything maybe it's either a Martin Luther King quote an Abraham Lincoln quote or it's some other quote that they used in Transformers because <laughs> I remember Optimus Prime saying that same thing <laughs> he's like you'll either stand for something or fall for <laughs> Autobots roll <laughs> regardless it is applicable to this situation. But, it that is. Be, but that being said, this has been episode 30 of the In Game Grind podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's been checking us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and especially thank you to everyone that's been checking us out on YouTube. Uh, noticing that as I'm trying to get better with the uh, algorithm and trying to get more acquainted with the algorithm, I see a lot more of y'all are finding the podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. And if you do, make sure you leave a like, comment, and subscribe, and make sure you head over to Spotify, Anchor, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a like, rate us five stars, get us up that algorithm, get us out to more people we appreciate you all but this is the end of this episode until the next one see you guys later take care peace